Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. And the opening bell is brought to you by SEI. In the future, the asset management business will be profoundly different. Find out how SEI's global operating platform can help you navigate the new operational frontier at SEIC.com slash imagine. Good morning. I'm Karen Moscow along with Tom Keen and Michael McKee. And stocks are lower at the open. The S&P 500 is down half percent or nine points to 1992. Dow Jones Industrial Average down four tenths percent or 61 points to 17,012. NASDAQ down seven tenths percent or 33 points to 46.75. Ten-year Treasury up 12.30 seconds. The yield 1.82 percent. Yield on the two-year 0.86 percent. NYMEX crude oil down nine tenths percent or 36 cents to 37.56 a barrel. COMEX gold is up eight tenths percent or ten dollars forty cents to 12.74.50 an ounce. The euro a dollar ten forty-seven. The yen 112.80. Tom and Mike. Bloomberg surveillance. Karen, thank you uh, so much, Mike. We need to speak to a gentleman. His his mother was such an embarrassment. She would open up bank accounts just to get toasters. Mike Regan grew up <laughs> with like 45 toasters oh, off in the pantry. Oh, Tom, you know, it's funny. My mom in her later years actually got a ba- uh, job at a bank in her in her 60s and 70s, but her eyesight was so bad she kept getting the 20s <laughs> and the 50s mixed up, and she lasted about a week. But uh, that tells you something about that the financial acu- acumen of our uh, – Mike, bring in Mike, but this, this article from Michael Regan is an act of God. It is the first clear, short read – on what's going away on all five corners of New York City. <laughs> well, it's not just New York City. I mean, if if there's money, banks will be there. But it's the places, uh, Mike, you're writing about uh, that where there may not be as much money, but they still need banks. Right. They're right. They're referring to them as banking deserts. Uh, and it was I, I basically writing about uh, uh, some research that the Federal Reserve's Liberty Street blog was was uh, blogging about yesterday. If you want to, you know, if anyone wants to Google that and find it, and it's a fascinating concept. You think, okay. Banks are aggressively closing branches. Uh, why? Well, everyone's banking online. They're banking on their phones. You know, they just don't need this physical footprint as much as, as they used to. And you would think on first glance, well, well who cares, right? Uh, does it really matter? But there is some concern that they're especially closing them in sort of low-income, minority-heavy uh, areas um, where there's not as much affluence, uh, Citigroup, Tom, for example, is closing all its uh, banks in Boston. I don't know what that means. It's, about... a, it's an under, you know, Wellesley Hills is an under yeah. disadvantaged area. So, but the idea that they're they're looking into, and they they cited some uh, research from uh, uh, some professors at Berkeley uh, in California, saying that what happens is when you when all of a sudden a neighborhood doesn't have uh, any bank branches. The small business owners a lot of times can be sort of cut out from some, you know, bank funding that they normally would have gotten. And they talk about what they call soft information. You know, a a community banker gets to know the local business trends. They get to know their customers. And it's not just all their 
credit scores and hard data like that that they look at. They, they're able to extend loans that maybe an algorithm or a purely mathematical look at a, a business wouldn't extend to a small business. And then that leaves these small businesses sort of having to scrape around to try to find something else, sort of these predatory type of lenders that a lot of people are talking about. So it's an interesting concept. And, and, and to me, I think the banks really – the banks have greatly, obviously, recovered from the financial crisis. The one area they never recovered from is, is the PR. And, and you know, you look at uh, Bernie Sanders and everyone trying to break up the, the big banks. I think this is a big PR story for them that they might want to get ahead of in, in as far yeah, as – Your bar charts, Michael, are, are just stunning. Uh, the the credit you. card growth that comes from digital versus bricks and mortars, the pruning of branches, the rate of change – and what we observe in New York, they're all empty. Yeah. And yeah. I assume they're all empty to everyone listening to this nationwide. Right, right. And, you know, a lot of banks talk about their bank of the future, you know, and they're trying to sort of make them these glitzy, small, much, very much smaller footprint, smaller employees, but sort of, you know, flashy digital screens and that sort of thing. Nobody so, cares. So no, no one really cares, yeah. What about small banks coming in? I mean, Mike, the, the void is always, particularly in poor areas, I'm sorry, yeah. whether it's credit unions or small banks, that's been what we've done since, you know, pre-revolutionary war times. Right, and that's that's what this research looked at. You know, a lot, obviously, banks are rethinking their branch strategy across the board, so they are closing branches not necessarily reopening them in the poor areas as much as they would in other areas. So it is, you know, it, it's something the Fed's looking at, and it's a, it's a pretty fascinating topic. Uh, we should note that you're writing this for Bloomberg Gadfly and the terminal GADF Co. Yeah, and, that's right. Uh, people can see it there. Uh, Bloomberg Surveillance, uh, folks, this morning, brought to you by Interactive Brokers and CME Group. If you're looking for global futures contracts with low trading costs, look no further. Interactive Brokers is the industry leader. Learn more at interactivebrokers.com slash CME Group. Michael Regan with us with Bloomberg Gadfly. He sits two desks away from Lisa Bramowitz. They're not on speaking terms. Um, <laughs> it, it's going great. I mean, Gadfly every day, there's things of value. How, how much are you getting out of the equity markets now? What is the theme that you're seeing from strategists, the change that you're seeing from strategists. Well, I'm curious. I'm curious what you think about this, Tom. But I'm semi fascinated with the idea of round numbers. And we look at 2000 in the S&P 500, and literally on Friday, I think it closed at 19.99. 1987, you know, right yeah, now. Yeah. So it's struggling at that level. Right above that 2000 level is also about uh, 2020 in the S&P 500 is the 200-day moving average which is the next big level that everyone's looking at. That's a trend line that's been going down, downward sloping, since the turmoil in August, since all the volatility in August. So pretty soon, in order to even just to keep track with the 200-day moving average, it means it's, it's going to be pushing the market down, uh, if you believe in that. And, you know, a lot of people look at the 200-day. It's probably the most followed, one of the most followed trend lines. Uh, there's a belief that a lot of high frequency trading, uh, you know, looks at it and, and uses that as one of its inputs in, in its, uh, in their algorithm. So it's a, it's kind of an interesting level. We had this huge almost 10% rebound in, in a little less than a month, but it really is stalling out right at that round number of 2000 and, you know, a little bit below the 200 day moving well, average. To review this, the modest death cross, August 27th, 2015, called a year ago. We had a lovely kiss, for the most part, beginning of the year, and now we've rolled over once again, and we begin to come up by that descending 200-day 
uh, moving average. To me, they're just dampened trends. Right. I've never put a lot into two series right. moving averages. I use three moving averages to give me some sort of belief. And frankly, right now, they're a little soggy as well. Are they? Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, I think in any case, when you're in this sort of period of time uh, right now where there's not a lot of earnings, not a lot of fundamental uh, issues coming into the market, um, you know, we'll have the Fed next week, but in the, before that, they're all in a blackout period where we're not going to hear much from them. So I think people are looking at the charts these days a lot more uh, than they would have otherwise. I agree. Charts, when you get into some form of bear market, charts come up right now. Yeah. The fancy stuff I look at, folks, is indeterminate off of some mumbo-jumbo called ADXI, <laughs> uh, ADXDMI, I should say. Uh, the more shorter-term moving averages I, I use have a modest up tilt to them, but modest would be the operative word. Congratulations you on your bank stuff. Oh, thank this you. This is great. Are you, are you enjoying writing for Bloomberg Getfly? I love it, yeah. I think it's a great concept, you know, really trying to be yeah. critical and, and sort of short. provocative and short. And they, they force you to do this in like 12 words, right? Hey, I'll write short. I'll, I'll be done in 100 words if you need me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> then I'll go, go to lunch. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Michael Regan from Bloomberg Gadfly. We're, we're, we're going to do radio Bloomberg Gadfly. Um, Al from New Jersey wanted to call it put a cork in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's still under consideration. Is, yeah. <laughs> Michael Regan, thank you so much. The Dow negative 81, the VIX 18.36. Time now to check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines. Michael. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. It's primary day today in several states with the biggest one in Michigan. For Republican frontrunner Donald Trump, Michigan offers a test of his growing popularity among blue-collar white voters. Trump tells ABC News today the establishment attacks against him are not working. They're spending tens of millions of dollars on fighting me, the establishment, and you know, they would rather not see me in there, obviously. You know, you had failed people like Mitt Romney talking. He's a failed, one of the worst campaigns I've ever witnessed in my life. Mississippi, Idaho, and Hawaii also hold Republican contests. Democrats vote in Michigan and Mississippi today. A downed tree on the tracks reportedly caused a commuter train to derail in Northern California, sending its lead car plunging into a swollen creek. The Alameda County Sheriff's Department says nine people were injured, including four seriously. A U.S. airstrike has killed at least 150 al-Shabaab militants at a training camp in Somalia. It's believed the militants were about to launch an attack. Intelligence officials say the airstrikes targeted a camp run by Islamic extremists in a forested area more than 120 miles north of Mogadishu. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom? Michael Barr, thanks so much. Again, negative 105 on the Dow. First quiet day. We get below 17,000. 16.971 on the Dow. S&P 1986, down a full 15 points. Michael McKee and Tom Keen on economics, finance, investment, on international relations. Bloomberg Surveillance. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by T2 Computing, a new kind of IT solutions company for workflow, mobility, and infrastructure. Let them explain how their expertise can help you gain greater business value. Visit T2Computing.com for more information.